So Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce Rip 393 of TFTC. I sat down with Sam and Michael from Wave Lake, the co-founders of Wave Lake. They're really trying to innovate in the music space. They're applying the podcasting 2.0 model to music. Wave Lake is a platform where you can publish your music, attach a lightning address to it, and have your fans send you sats. It's a beautiful thing. You'll learn more about it in the episode. We do not have a top four boost in the intro for this episode because we just recorded back to back. If you listen to the episode with Victor previously, I recorded that and then hopped right back in the studio with Sam and Michael and we recorded the ads right after. So the Victor episode hasn't dropped yet. So there's no boost to read. That's why we're not reading them. But thank you. If you are contributing via podcasting 2.0 app in the value for value model for contributing, if you're streaming sets to this episode, or if you have previously episodes or with previous episodes, if you boosted, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. It means you guys are getting value out of this. I feel so compelled to send it back. It lets me know that I'm on the right track. I'm actually putting good content out there. So thank you guys for supporting the show. If you don't support via podcasting 2.0, if you don't want to stream sats, but you do want to support the show, uh, Lois Lift, you can give us a rating or a review on the podcast apps, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Fountain, whatever it may be. If you just subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us go a long way to blow the show up. Write a newsletter too. Go to tftc.io. You can hear all my crazy thoughts about Bitcoin. Marty Jones comes out every once in a while. Um, it's a good way to stay connected to the whole media. Thing we have going here speaking of staying connected if you're buying bitcoin you want to be connected with a company that is built by bitcoiners for bitcoiners and that is exactly what river financial is it's an exchange they don't depend on any third parties they build all their infrastructure they are their own exchange it's not like a white label service on prime trust they handle the bitcoin they handle the custody there's no third party weaknesses when you're using river i mean river is a third party but they don't depend on anybody else so if you buy bitcoin on river you can know that your your bitcoin is in a multi-sig address with 100 percent reserves behind it uh, if you do buy bitcoin on river and you decide to dca use their dca feature you don't pay any fees it's a beautiful thing on top of being able to buy and sell bitcoin on river you can send bitcoin off river they highly recommend it they encourage you to do self-custody. They have literature on their site that will teach you how to do that if you don't know how to yet. Uh, and you can do it both on-chain and Lightning. They have a Lightning wallet as well. They're at the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology. So if you want to send Bitcoin off, you can do it on-chain or via Lightning. Uh, on top of that, they have mining services as well. If you want to mine Bitcoin from River, they can do that for you. And last but not least, they have the River Lightning Services API which allows you, if you're an engineer who wants to build a lightning network and you want to leverage um, some coding libraries that River has built to help you interact with the lightning network, you can do that using the River Lightning Services API. So you might have your exchange, maybe comfortable with it, but doesn't have third-party risk, doesn't sell you shit coins. Maybe you should try River. That's what I use river.com slash tftc this was also brought to you by good friends down the hall unchained capital beautiful company beautiful people they got actually logan 
Aren't the, isn't the Unchained team pretty hot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me it. this long to get my mic up. Yeah, he had to think of it, yeah. It's a hot team. They're building hot products. Their vault is one of the hottest. It's a 2 or 3 multi-sig wallet in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. Since you have those two keys, you have control over your Bitcoin. So if you're an individual, a family office, a business that's looking to distribute key risk and to eliminate single points of failure and to have a collaborative custody partner, the vault is perfect for you. If you go to unchained.com slash concierge and set up a consultation with their concierge team, their onboarding team, uh, you call them, they'll get you comfortable with multi-sig, they'll get you comfortable with Unchain, the Vault product. Uh, they'll send you hardware wallets, help you get those set up, backed up, geographically distributed. And then, yeah, you set it up, you put Bitcoin in it, and you have a two or three multi-sig vault. If you have the two keys, you can move the Bitcoin. If you want Unchained to be the second and two or three multi-sig quorum, they're there for you. Uh, and then they're building products on top of this. They have their loan desk, they have their IRA product, uh, they have a trading desk now where if you buy Bitcoin, it goes straight to your cold storage or two or three multi-seat vault never sits on unchained i've got a whole slew of products go to unchained.com slash concierge use the code tftc and you will get 50 dollars off the concierge consulting cons- consultation that's the word i was looking for enjoy this rip with sam and michael i'm really excited for what they're building okay You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Oh, we're live. Oh, Logan yeah. just ninja launched on us. Um, cool. So we're, we're live now. That's I'm sitting there. That's the best oh, way. Cool. That's the best way to start something. Always is the, the just yeah the soft intro. Yes. Here we go. The soft intro freaks. I'm sitting down uh, with Michael and Sam from the Wave Lake team, who are doing some incredible things. To I don't even want to st- like start with the Bitcoin aspect of it. We dive into it, but I think you're trying to solve some pretty massive problems in the music industry and bitcoin just so happens to play a part in that um so number one welcome to the show gentlemen it's glad to finally have you on thank you marty it's great to be on long time listener thank you first time caller well hopefully this is the first of many episodes because i think what you guys are building is going to disrupt the music industry um before we get into wave lake i i think just as a a music nut myself who loves music and has recognized that artists sort of get the shit end of the stick uh, in a lot of instances. I think, Sam, I'd like to, to hear your experience in the music industry and some of the, the pain points that exist for artists particularly. Did we lose Sam already? We went live and lost Sam. Sam, if you can hear us, you might just need to go out and come back in. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> That was quick. That was really quick. Yeah. Now he's back. I I, I died for a second. We all die for a second every once in a while. You have these existential things that happen. Then you're reborn. The way things work. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Did you hear my question? 
No. Before you died? <laughs> I was asking, before we jump into Wave Lake, like, just having had many conversations with you guys over the last six months, I think uh, you guys are attacking a big problem, which is uh, artists getting the shit end of the stick in the music industry. And Sam, you're an artist yourself who has been working in the music industry for quite some time now and have seen these pain points and artists getting fucked over up close and personal. Uh, I think yeah. your perspective on what the music industry is like and how artists are getting scammed is uh, very enlightening. What, what are the big problems that exist? There's problems pretty much everywhere, um, which is kind of the, the main problem. You know, there's a lot of, I always like to preface this, you know, shit talking ramble on the music industry with like, there are a lot of good people internally, you know, just like with thinking like you can have this, this big empire or something. There's, there may be people attempting to do things better, but it's just a systematically broken thing as many things are in this country and around the world. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a hundred year old issue. I mean, all the way back to like sheet music publishing, people have been getting screwed over. Now the main problem that we're, we're seeing is just, you know, the, the way that the artists are having to, um, I don't, just the pressure to, to take on these other elements uh, that kind of hover around the music business, like Patreon, touring, uh, super elaborate merchandise, um, live streams. You know, there's just all these extra things that you have to do and you have to do these things because if, if you want to survive as an artist, you need to make money. And if you're, if what should be your main revenue stream, your music, because that's that's the, the main thing you're doing is not generating revenue for you then you have to branch out to other other things so um yeah we're you know spotify itunes or not itunes what i guess itunes is still around apple music all these streaming services they're just the the rates that are going to the artists are just being watered down and watered down and watered down and watered down there, were, there was a point you know maybe when these things were first started or you saw some some other streaming services like I forget which ones, maybe it was like Google Play or I think Sony even had one where maybe at that point the artist could get over a penny. I think even in the early days of Spotify, you could get over a penny per stream. Now you're seeing like fractions of a penny. So um, we just think there should be a outlet for artists to upload their music, to have all their information and be able to uh, interact with their fans uh, and provide the value that they provide, which is their music and receive value from their fans, which most fans do. I mean, that's the reason we listen to music. We love it. It sparks some sort of emotion in us. And generally we want our favorite artists to continue working. So I think this is the answer. I mean, once we started, you know, seeing things like the lightning network and streaming sats exist, then, uh, this was just kind of like a no brainer thing. So, um, I've been advocating the last few years to just want to see this happen. And luckily I caught up with Michael who was thinking the same thing. And, and now we have Wavelink that's hopefully going to at least solve a big portion of that problem for a portion of people. You know, maybe, maybe everybody won't use the Wavelink, but at least there's going to be a large group of people that are going to find it incredibly useful. And I think over time we'll see a lot more things like this come up. Yeah. And so you guys, I guess, Michael, to, make the freaks privy about what wave lake is how it operates how it leverages the lightning network for those who may be unaware what is the whole idea uh behind the technical aspect of of wave lake 
Yeah. Uh, so Wavelake is uh, essentially built on two main foundational components. The first is open content. So content's just that's just available and openly distributed. It's not behind a paywall, um, much like 99% of podcasts are distributed today. Uh, the second component is open payments. And what we basically do is integrate every single piece of content that we distribute for our artists. Um, we integrate that content with a lightning address. Um, more technically speaking, it's a key send um, instruction that allows any podcast 2.0 app or any app that understands how to interpret that key send data to be able to shoot a payment uh, over lightning to that node. And then using the metadata, we can apply the payment to the artist uh, and the track. And then we can tally that up um, to ultimately present to our listeners um, how much a track has earned, not only within our platform, but also from outside of it. Um, and it's building on a lot of what the Podcasting 2.0 crowd has done um, over the past few years. Um, Sam and I saw a lot of uh, promise and potential in that, and we're just trying to bring music into that sphere. Yeah, I think it's great, because particularly when you get into like splits, I mean, that's one of the not only is it a problem for artists, but it's a problem for the teams behind them, right? It's, like, it's not yeah. only the artists producing the music. You have a producer, you have a band, you have a marketer, an agent, a manager, all that stuff, all of who fall under the umbrella of people need, who need to get paid by this art. Yeah, that's why I think it's going yeah. to be a good thing from top to bottom. I mean, right, we, we, don't, we haven't activated yet. We're going to, and I think it's going to be... Um, a little bit of an easier solution than maybe we've seen in some of the podcasting splits, just because uh, for the time being, this the account is a custodial account, so you'll be able to manage the splits within the dashboard of Wavelake if you're the the person who's uploading the the music or the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, right right away once we have splits, you'll be able to just assign. You know, the drummer can have his split, the the producer can have his split, and then down the road, once we start getting into even bigger problems in the industry, like. Uh, publishing royalty splits, copyright, things like that, then that's going to solve a lot of problems there too. Because And I, and I think it's going to be something that will ultimately be embraced by these other facets of the music industry because it's going to save them a ton of time too to not have to do this accounting, this quarterly annual accounting, mechanical royalties, uh, broadcast royalties, all these things. So I think it's going to be really cool. Well, yeah, let's jump into that. I mean, you guys mentioned how artists get paid from Spotify and how that's been getting diluted. You just brought up licensing and distribution on top of that. How do these business models work for these companies, for Spotify, for the people who control the licenses? How, how are they making money right now? How are the companies or how are the artists? The companies. Cause I think that's important. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredibly convoluted system. It's not even really a system. Every, each thing sort of has its own way of doing things, which makes it really difficult. And that's not only within like companies based in the U.S. or artists based in the U.S., but it carries over into a, a, a global thing too. So if I, as an artist, had a song licensed to, for some product in the Netherlands, 
the way that 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 way that those broadcast royalties and that licensing works is completely different than it works over here. So there's an example where that did actually happen for me, and I didn't even know it, but I had um, I had a, a semi hit for a, a small European country, and I just didn't know because there's no there's no way to connect that really back to me. It's something that I have to seek out. So the way it works now, it's like you need it's a it's a bit of a gatekeeper thing i would say like in order to maximize your access to your global collections you have to sign a publishing deal i i personally have never signed a publishing deal i don't really believe in them um but you know a lot of people do i guess for good reason because they they might be able to maximize uh their collect their collection so maybe i'm leaving a bunch of you know, little scraps on the table that if, if over time those add up to a, a great sum, but maybe I get that commercial or that song placement in a movie or something. And if I control that, I get a hundred percent of that revenue. I get the master side and the publisher side. So that's a huge benefit for me. So that's why I would never want to sell my publishing, but the way people do it. So yeah, you would sign a publishing deal. It would be for a term, maybe for a number of years. It may be for an amount of tracks. And the reason you would do that, is because these publishing companies are the only ones who really have this access to, they're the only ones who really have like the access to all these individual things. So they they go and collect the data on your behalf and you in turn are giving up 50% or whatever your publishing site is. Um, so, you know, I, that's not gonna change to, to, to some extent. We're always gonna have, um, we're always gonna have uh, record labels that own the masters of records. We're always going to have publishing companies that own publishing rights to to songs, whether that's the artists who own it or if it uh, if it goes through something like through ASCAP or some other publishing uh, company. But um, you know, it's the the main benefit there is if we can get the artists to be on this platform, if we can get the record labels to be on this platform, if we can get the publishing companies to be on this platform. At least if they're doing that collection, if you are in that situation where you do have to have those deals, you'll be getting that that money faster. So if if we're able to do these transactions instantaneously through the Lightning Network, that's a huge benefit. Because right now the way it works is when they go, they spend months collecting the money, then there may be like a, a, a term of months, you know. Typically it's quarterly, sometimes it's sometimes it's annually, which really sucks. So I might have to wait six months before this data is even collected and then i have to wait another three months before i even get the check and by the time that happens you know any number and, and that, the the craziest part about it is i have no there's no accountability so i have no way of really knowing i just have to kind of trust it i have to trust their math i have to trust their accounting you know it's like you could do an audit on a publishing company you can do an audit on a record label but there's no way to see these transactions other than what they give you looks like michael just dropped off you can failing us today, but no, that's like when you brought that up, Logan, just be on the lookout from Michael entering the chat again. But again, going back to transparency does, and I think it does the lightning network again, since it's instantaneous, but not only that auditable and you can see the flows of, of paid invoices. Yeah. Does, it, does it help with that, that aspect of it? Yeah, it helps a lot. I mean, just, I think that's, what's going to happen. You know, there's, even if, um, I don't know. It, let's say it'll take a while to get 
uh, a, a star over onto something like Wave Lake or Value for Value. But, um, you know, all it's going to take really is one medium-sized artist to give this thing a shot and to be the advocate for that. And as soon as people see the other artists see like, oh, this is a better thing. So this, you know, maybe we can compare it to something like Patreon, I guess. Let's just, let's just do that, even though it's, it's nothing like that. But it's, it's a platform where fans can go directly to support this artist and have an interaction with this, that artist. So that's why maybe I would compare it to something like that. Whereas you don't really have that interaction on Spotify or streaming service. Um, they'll see those. Yeah. It's like, they're seeing the transactions in real time. You go to wave Lake right now, you go listen to one of Michael's tracks, go listen to one of those killer vertigo kid tracks on wave Lake. And, uh, if you like it, you know, it's like you send a boost to Michael and you say like this song rules and he sees it and then he can reply back like, cool, thanks. And there's an exchange. And now you, it's, I don't know. It's an inspiring thing. Like I can't wait for this to really, I can't wait to be making new music and be introducing it on something like wave Lake because that feedback loop, is really important for musicians. Uh, typically, we would get that. We wouldn't really get that until, you know, touring. Like, let's say you put out a record, you get some emails, you have like a, you know, I don't know, you have a website somewhere, some social media. So people are, are, are communicating with you in some way. But the best connection there is just because you're, you're, you're on a stage, you're playing a show and people are singing back and returning back. But to have that like instant feedback as they're listening to tracks in real time, it's probably the closest thing you can get from a on, on the internet, you know, other yeah. than maybe, I guess like a live stream or something, but we'll even be able to get into things like that, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. And then in terms of like business models for the artists, like I think particularly for indie artists or smaller artists, medium sized artists, like this is definitely a, a better way to make money. Uh, like, so I think diving into trying to, conceptualize that or uh, help the freaks visualize like when it comes to actually monetizing art how, why is this a better medium to do it through like how much more money could these artists potentially make I feel I'll like I'm talking too much Michael. I'll throw that to you shot. Michael uh, alright um, yeah uh, so just as a quick example I mean we we're still Wave Lake is still a a baby it's just like it's it's like learning how to it's not even learning how to crawl yet we're just like learning like how to not spit up at this point but things are moving along and and working for the most part um and some of the artists that have generated the most boosts since we launched a, a week ago um they're making the equivalent in us dollars you know, about five to 10 us dollars equivalent in sats, um, in, in the matter of a week, um, from, you know, a handful of different listeners, pretty small scale. I realize it's not like, you know, that much to write home about, but, uh, at the same time, they like those same artists would theoretically need hundreds of thousands of streams on a major streaming platform to generate that kind of income or revenue um and and so i think like the the big takeaway for me is just seeing that is that there are people out there who are kind of hungry for this who are hungry for not only discovering new music but being able to support it 
um, and promote it. And this just gives a gives like a really clear inter like a really transparent interface to be able to do that. Um, you know, be because Bitcoin on Lightning is such a universal, instant, open payment rail. Um, we're just we're just essentially leveraging that technology to enable this kind of a connection between listeners and artists. Um, and so I think like, I think it's, you know, we're, we're waiting to see how this is going to play out, um, in terms of like bigger numbers for our artists. But I think as we grow, as we get a bigger listener base, um, the potential is there. And yeah, it's, I think that's really exciting just to be able to even early on, just see these, um, you know, kind of independent artists getting a lot of love from the listeners on wave. Like it's just, it's just great to see. And I just hope it keeps growing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly early days, but you can already see with your, the beta product that you launched last year. And now that you're fully launched, like the, like Sam mentioned, like the interaction between the artists and the user that's boosting them is, is new in the digital music space but like that that is only the tip of the iceberg of the types of interactions that you guys can design for an artist and their audience like where does this go from uh, a simple boost and a recognition that that an audience member likes a song like what what, uh, what other types of models can be built on top of this platform yeah um yeah i mean i think the, the obvious one will be, I mean, we'll be able to potentially, I mean, really kind of everything. So um, we'll be able to integrate merchandise, I think, in a really effective way. I have a, a very strong background in, uh, in band merchandise and e-commerce there. So um, that's something that's really on my mind. Um, concert tickets, like fan, fan, fan club type tickets, like there's a, a rule typically in every deal on a, with a promoter where you get like a certain percentage, the band gets a certain percentage of the, of the door to be able to um, offer their fans at it through some other avenue that isn't a ticket company. So I used to do stuff like that back in the day. So let's say it's like 8%. So could do like, you know, the first 8% of the door, these tickets could be sold and offered through with some additional value over something like Wave Lake. Um, live streaming, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's a lot of really cool integration there where, again same same type of thing like you know you might see today you can have maybe you're live streaming on twitch or you're live streaming on instagram in the last few years live streaming kind of became a way for people to um generate some revenue i worked with a lot of bands that did that you know but they were typically selling tickets to these things and that model didn't really work great it worked for a minute like just because people were excited to be seeing anything you could we'd we would see like, oh, you can do like a t-shirt bundle and sell this like live stream ticket. But then at a certain point, people were just like, you know, we'll watch this later or, you know, or I just don't want to pay for this experience. So I think it to be able to, a model we do see work in other things like on Twitch, like with gamers, you can sort of tip as you're watching these things happen. You, you know, I, I, I've never really been a Twitch person. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I think it's some sort of credit system or something uh, where you're giving tokens or credits or something like that. So we could do something similar, except it would just be sad. So like as a, a band is playing, people could be communicating um, directly as they're watching and they could be boosting artists. 
also just streaming stats in real time. And we, we launched this with Boost, but like we see with podcasting uh, and apps like Fountain, some other thing, Breeze, where you can stream stats in real time. I think that's something that we're going to want to be doing too. Also, just our player that is live now is really just an example. Like we created a top 40 just to have a fun thing for people to use and like um, incentivize people to want to upload tracks for exposure. You know, it's not like a ton of exposure, but it is kind of fun to see your track going up the chart every day when this thing resets. Um, but we're what we're really hoping is people will just build players that like are pulling for this music tag and formatting things properly um, for music and see a lot of different things happen, you know? So seeing genre specific players, you know, like, like people would curate a playlist. We think people with an open source player, we think people will just start creating random players and you may have these different music experiences like you have now on some things like indie rock, underground stuff on Bandcamp, um, you know, mixtape, hip hop type things on SoundCloud. You have these like, uh, or like electronic music. You have these things that sort of tend to lean into particular genres. We think we'll see that happen to you down the road with, with uh, this music 2.0 or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, no, that, that dovetail, dovetails into an interesting aspect of what you guys are building. Yes, you have the Wave Lake player with the top 40 and things like that, but at the end of the day, you guys are really building a music index that then people can leverage yeah. is what you're getting at there, Sam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the, I think that was the big aha moment was like there, there needs to be, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing in music is distribution. You used to have to be on a record label because you had to have distribution. Otherwise no one would be able to get your records. That was, that was what made the music business successful. Um, aggregates to digital platforms are easy to find. You can go to, as an independent artist, you can find it, you can get access, but then those things were then sort of gobbled up by like um, putting pressure on streaming platforms from major industry to, to highlight tracks and playlists. And so like the idea of music discovery became something that was basically impossible to achieve unless you were on a major label. So they always, labels always find some way to get, this stuff just back into this package that works for them and doesn't work for anybody else. And I think that's the, you know, we're not like, we're trying to make this an easy experience. We're trying to make this something that's going to be able to scale to normal artists that maybe aren't particularly uh, invested in Bitcoin, or maybe they don't even know about it. Maybe they don't, they don't have to know about it is really the idea. We want to just have something that's easy and works, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think this is going to, this this is at least a situation where as long as we stay true to the cause, which I, which I know we're going to do because we're incredibly passionate about it, uh, I think we'll have a pretty cool thing here where it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, labels and publishers and, and people like that will be able to participate, but I don't think they'll be able to commandeer it like they have in the past. At least I hope not. Yeah. And so... How does this index work from like a technical aspect? Sam, you mentioned the music tag, but what's going on on the back end, Michael? Yeah, sure. It's um, it's a podcast 2.0 um, spec RSS feed. So we essentially just have an RSS feed for every album. That's kind of our basic unit um, for a feed on Wave Lake. So if you have 10 tracks on an album, um, that uh, gets generated into a publicly available RSS feed. Um, and then in that feed, it's it's just like a podcast episode, or, or sorry, a podcast, and each track is 
like an episode of that podcast. Um, it, it actually looks very similar for the most part to a podcast RSS feed, um, except it's just got a little bit of extra data in there that indicates uh, the track um, on Wavelake. And then when, um, when a podcasting 2.0 app uh, sends a payment to that address, then we just can, you know, we can interpret that and then uh, uh, apply the payment to the correct track in artist. Yeah, so you guys are essentially building, if we're analoging this to podcasting 2.0, you're building like the podcasting index, but for, for music. Yeah, we don't have something as quite as robust as the podcast index. I mean, those guys have been working on that for a long time and um, kudos to, you know, like the, the whole team that's put that together and all the contributors to it because um, they've got a solid index over there. So I think we don't we're not quite there yet in terms of, um, you know, the inner interactivity from an application standpoint, but um, but we do want to get there at some point. Um, for music yeah and this is i mean it's a pretty big thing right like to to apply the podcasting over rss to music right because as we've been discussing music distribution has been pretty siloed and obviously rss is this open source broadcasting mechanism and it seems like distributing music via an rss feed is going to be pretty damn disruptive yeah i think I think we'll have a little bit, I mean, I'm already, you know, I'm always like overly excited and think when people see this, they're just going to be like, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to use this. I'm going to stop using everything else. This is just the way to go. Um, but of course that's not the case. So I think we're going to have a little bit, I, I know we're going to have, I mean, it's come up a lot and we're already, it's probably, it's our biggest hurdle is like, how are we going to educate people to make them to make, to make it click in their brains that like your music is already free. You know, it's, it's going to be a big line to cross for a lot of people because I just don't think they don't, a lot of people don't think of it like that. They think my music isn't free. My music is on Spotify. My music is on Apple music. It's on wherever. And I get paid for that. And they know that they don't get paid a lot. They know that their royalty checks might be, you know, $12 or something, but at least they it's just a mental thing where they're just like it is behind some sort of a paywall so i am protected in that way people can't just like go and listen to it for free when the reality of that is obviously we know they can i mean if you really want to go if you don't have a subscription to one of these music services you can go find music anywhere so maybe that's being monetized through the record label on youtube or something where there's license agreements or royalty agreements in place where they're still able to collect money on that. But even that, there's ways to get around that. I mean, you'll just see, um, you, you can go find a song anywhere if you want. It is basically the point, you know? Um, so I think once people realize, get over that and they realize, like Michael was mentioning with some of the artists that we're seeing, the, the gap, the stats between the amount of plays and the value that you're getting on those plays. So I might make five or $7 on, you know, 10 or 15 plays instead of like Michael said, you know, I might make $5 on 15,000 plays on something like Spotify. I don't know exactly what the math is, but it's somewhere around there, you know? So I think just having those use cases out there, it's going to take us a minute to just to create some good examples and see that ramp up. But once we have some of those, once we have some that are 
for lack of a better term, in like normie land, you know, people are are good use cases that are maybe outside of the Bitcoin ecosphere. I think we'll see it grow very uh, organically, and I think we'll see it grow exponentially too. Just like almost all other things have happened in the music business in the last thirty years, it's just it's immediately looked at like a you know digital music in general was immediately targeted very strictly like they were suing 16 year old kids for downloading metallica songs you know and they're in ohio and then within three years it's like you have streaming services and it's like it's fixed it's like problem solved cool well i guess we just fixed that we didn't you know um so yeah i think i think that's going to be a big hurdle for sure um i'm gonna stop talking don't don't feel there, there. stop talking. <laughs> I mean, there, it's it's interesting along that line that you know there is a pretty big movement. Um, I, I don't know how big it is, but there's a vocal movement of musicians and artists um, who are fed up with you know the streaming industry um, and just the the lack of sort of accountability and rights that they have as artists who are basically. Um, doing all the work to put all this content on these services and they're not really, they don't feel like they're seeing um, their fair share, which I think is a totally uh, justified point of view. Um, but at the same time, I've spoken to some of these folks about Wavelake um, and yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's some pushback about, you know, like putting, putting the content out openly, not having a paywall um, and things like that. And, and also just skepticism about Bitcoin. I mean, we're in a bit of a bear market now. Hey, we're pumping. Um, we're pumping now. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, 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 I'm talking in like the three okay, year time no, frame. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we've it's been a rough year for like the cryptocurrency space, you know, as you as people call it. Um, and Bitcoin just gets sort of lumped into that unfairly. Um, and so, yeah, I think the skeptic, like that skepticism piled onto sort of how different this system, how, how, how different Wavelake's approach to music is compared to how, you know, traditionally it's been approached. Um, yeah, that makes it a, a little bit of an uphill climb. But I think like, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to get to the other side. Yeah, well, and we've talked about this in the past and again, comparing it to like value for value in the podcasting world. And I think it definitely works there. Obviously for no agenda, rabbit hole recap, TFTC, we're getting a lot of boost and all that and it's working well. But I think particularly for music, for artists, I think, yes, I'm a podcaster. We're on a podcast right now and I love my work and um, talking to gentlemen like yourselves and everybody else that's been on the show. But I, I'm not afraid to admit that people have much more of a, spiritual connection with music as a medium compared to podcasting. Yes, they're maybe learning a lot here and getting yeah. enjoyment out of it, but there's something about music that really taps into our animalistic spirits and makes us feel it's certain just, ways. It, yeah, it's a different it's it's a different kind of value. I mean, I love podcasts because podcasts are primarily educational, you know, so whether it's like some sort of, it could be a it could be storytelling where you're just you're getting something out of that, but it's uh it's it's mostly an educational experience i think for people like they listen to podcasts to learn something um and there's a lot of value there and i think that's why it does work and will continue to get better but i do agree um music is incredibly special to people it does things to people that really nothing else can um 
and I do think that it will scale a lot faster. I know that there's, there's been criticism even within, I mean, I, I, I have a podcast I do, I use, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. I'm making more money through value for value than I would have ever made on anything else. You know, what's that money? It's, it's just like we're seeing with music. It's like small amount of plays, but statistically the value for those plays is actually pretty good. If you compare it to what I would maybe get in like the advertising space for a podcast that only has 300 listeners or something, you know? So, um, I, but I think, yeah, I think we will see this scale a lot faster with music. I think we'll, we'll see it. Um, I'm really excited to see too, like just with publishing, you know, getting rid of those paywalls for publishing platforms, um, being able to stream stats as you're reading articles. I'm really, really pumped for that. I know you have some experience with that too, Marty, with like uh, the newsletter and there's some stuff on your website too that had some of that stuff going for a while, right? You still do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday's letter. Um, I've yeah. I'm, I'm like working with the model just to experiment with it. I sort of feel dirty putting the, the newsletter behind a paywall because it's been free for five years. But the model I'm working with is you can become a paid subscriber where you pay monthly or annual fee and you get it for free. Or if you don't want to do that, you don't want to put your email address in or pay with a credit card and you'd rather just consume um, one piece of content that you particularly want to read. I'll put a 75 yeah. cent lightning network enabled paywall on that and that's how you access it so the first three bents of the week are free and then if i write five the last two are paywalled yeah and i know like there's, there's things being worked on for that where you can even you know you can read in real time and you can stream mm -hmm. paragraphs so that's i mean this idea it's just it's just so new you know it's like conceptualizing all this stuff and how it's going to work it's just these things only work once they get distributed enough that they become normal for people like people didn't understand the concept of like you know, something like Apple Pay that probably would have been really difficult to understand 10 years ago if you're trying to explain to somebody that you were going to have this thing in your in your pocket that, you know, whatever. You know, there's just, it just has to become normal. And the more things that get implemented, the easier this is going to be. The more uh, things like Cash App, uh, Strike, um, Breeze, and these other cool, I don't, I'm hesitant to call them wallets because I, I tend to agree with Roy that they're not, but um, once you have these things on your phone where you can transact with, uh, transact easily, you know, like, like the cash app, cash app right now, having, uh, turning on lightning payments for everybody. It's incredible. I mean, how many people out there who don't even know what Bitcoin is have Bitcoin capabilities in their pocket right now? And Tens of millions. It, it, yeah. And cash app works really, really well with Wavelake. So that's going to be a really easy thing to do. Like once we can just start telling people like, yeah, just go down like cash app because everyone, no one knows what value for value is in the, the normal space. A lot of people aren't educated on Bitcoin or the lightning network for sure, but they know what cash app is, you know? So for like, just go download this and you can fund your wallet through here and you can pay your favorite artist through cash app or strike or Venmo or any of these other things, I guess that um, ultimately will, and who knows, maybe it'll be an Apple Pay too at some point in time. People are talking about that. I don't know if that story was real this week, but somebody was posting around a, some tweet somewhere that Apple is, has all this stuff in their code base. So, but whether they're doing it now or not, it, these things will be everywhere at some point in time, and it's just going to make this process incredibly easy for people. So we just have to build. And as long as like we're building the infrastructure, as soon as the people are ready, the stuff's there, then it's just going to take off. Yeah. And then on top of that, like not only are you, 
you guys changing like the technical aspects of how these artists get paid with Bitcoin Lightning Network value for value over um, RSS or syndicating the music over RSS. But like we discussed this too, there's going to have to be, uh, and this is probably a big hurdle, but I don't think it will be that hard, which is changing the interaction between the artist and the user for the artist being like, hey, if you want to support me, go listen to my music on Wavelake over Spotify and directly um, boost me over the Lightning Network. There's there's that aspect of the value for value model that will certainly um, need to develop in, in the music industry. But again, going back to the emotional connection that individuals have with music, I think it'll be a relatively low lift for the first movers from the artist perspective that begin to, I think they'll see a ton of engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, agree. I think I'm hoping so. Sorry, Michael. Uh, no, I was just going to say like the, the one thing that Sam and I also think a lot about is um, just teaching people about Bitcoin through wave Lake. Um, because as you mentioned, you know, um, music is such a universal universally valued thing. It's just a special thing that most, you know, everyone can connect with. And so, um, yeah, we just think something like Wavelake is a great way, not only to solve a lot of these accounting and um, fairness problems in the music industry, but it's also a great way to introduce a lot of people to the utility of Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we try to like play down a little bit of, um, you know, you know the, the the common sort of, um, I guess, vocabulary or you know signals that um, we use in the Bitcoin space, just so that's not so intimidating for people that aren't familiar with something like Sats. Like I had a friend who's followed what I've been doing for the last year, and we finally launched last week, and he he asked me like, so are Sats like the wave lake token that you use. <laughs> and, um, and so, and, and like, it's a, it's a totally fair question um, from someone who doesn't understand, who doesn't know what a sat is, who doesn't know much about Bitcoin. Um, yeah. So I think like that, that, that's one aspect of the music, I guess, using music as um, a way to just introduce people to this amazing technology is, is one thing, you know, we'd like to do as well. Yeah. And I think we've seen an example of this, uh, in recent weeks over on Noster. I'm not sure if you guys have been playing around with Noster, but um, I've been on there and it's actually been pretty incredible to see the amount of people who have come to the Noster ecosystem, uh, downloaded a client like Domus or something like that and joined it because they saw Jack Dorsey tweeting about it or Edward Snowden tweeting about it. And then within a few days, like, oh, like Bitcoin's integrated here and like they learn Bitcoin and you can easily tip. I mean, Edward Snowden got on the Noster and wrote his first message there. And he had to tell people to stop sending him Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they were just tipping him so much. Um, and, you can, like, and that's, an, he just went on and people just started sending him sats because they really valued the whistleblower work he did in the past. And it, it isn't hard to imagine um, something similar happening to artists where they get on to Wavelake and they have a bunch of rabid fans who just start sending them sats. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a new way to monetize attention, I guess, you know, it's like, I guess the advertising model is, 
you are the you are the product if you're listening to a podcast with advertising your 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 value to the podcaster and the advertising network is your attention to this ad um but that's the really cool thing is like yeah you can the really fun thing about Nasser is you can just engage with people because it's it's just fun and it's new and it's not like flooded with people it's like small still so it's just very exciting to be able to go on there and engage with people because even the people that normally like you wouldn't be able to have like someone like Jack, like maybe you wouldn't be able to have um, as much engagement with, with Jack on Twitter as you could on Nostra because Jack is just particularly jazzed on what's happening there. And he's just like hugging everybody and, and giving them the Shaka symbol and everyone's just super pumped and like excited. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's new technology is fun it's exciting and we're going to see that i mean i guess maybe that will level off as nostra gets bigger maybe like uh boosting as wave lake gets bigger maybe people won't be boosting as many sats as they are right now because they're just like really excited like we just had to increase the the capacity for the boost because like i wanted to boost more and i was like i, I need to be able to boost more i want to send more sats uh, but it's it's cool i mean and, and yeah the it's just adding more to the plate, but like the, all the fun stuff we can do with Noster. I mean, I had to get Michael had, I, I, I think I jumped on there first. And so I just kept like sending him links and stuff like, Hey dude, we gotta like, we gotta, we gotta do some stuff on this thing. You gotta sign up. We gotta check this out. We gotta figure out how to integrate Wavelake with Noster stuff because that, that technology that's moving so fast. I mean, Will got a major shout out to Will with Donis. Cause yeah, that's pretty incredible what he's been able to do in the last 30 to 45 days. Yeah, I mean, particularly with RSS feeds, like I'm, uh, like I want to, for the newsletter, like I want to like set up like an art, like I want to like immediately syndicate every newsletter to yeah. Noster over RSS, and since yeah. it's, you can easily integrate RSS with Noster, like you guys could do it with the Wave Lake Index as well, or somebody posts it, yep. goes out to Noster, Noster's got Lightning Network enabled tips. <laughs> uh, included already you just take the metadata of your users lightning addresses and you syndicate the nostril it's sort of like a, a growth hack for you guys i can imagine yeah sam and i have the been talking about ability is, is is nuts between all these platforms just to be able to yeah. connect it all simply is miraculous actually right yeah, we've been talking a lot about ways that we might be able to like integrate with nostr potentially publish feeds through it potentially like link payments to tracks that all trace back to, you know, events in Noster. Um, I think the identity aspect of Noster, like the pub private key, uh, private key, um, you know, way of uh, proving identities has a lot of potential outside of just, you know, messaging. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, I've only I'm pretty new to it still, but I did I did um, I did see the hug train uh, this past week. I was able to catch that, which is pretty, which is just great, which is just great to see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah the 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 more I learn about it, the more I see a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, um, we're gonna have a, a TFTC relay here by by the end of Q2 2023. I'm putting that timeline on myself. Not gonna rush nice. into it. Nice. I can't build it. So I'm depending on others to build it. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, it's fascinating where this can all go. Like, I mean, 
agnostic, it seems like it opens up just like a whole, like you mentioned, new world of interoperability and just really supporting and emboldening and uh, equipping independent content producers with being somebody peddling a disgusting newsletter like myself or artist putting music out there. Um, it's really going to be fascinating. It's crazy. Uh, the technologies that we have at our fingertips right now that are being enabled by like open source data distribution and open source money. It's going to be fucking incredible. Yeah. It's interesting to, to me alive. how seriously, it's really interesting to me, like just to see how, the whole web three kind of hype train was like, everything's going to be on a blockchain. We're going to have a blockchain for this, a blockchain for that. Like we're gonna have tokens. And, and like, I feel like all of the really interesting stuff was actually happening outside of that. It was, it's like the things happening in podcasting 2.0 It's the stuff happening on Nostra. It's all of this stuff that's sort of happening behind or, or to the side of all of that, um, that hype in quote unquote web three. Um, and I think, yeah, I think for the people who are sort of paying attention to that, like we're, we're able to see that this is, this is where like, I think all of the innovation and the advancements going to happen. Yeah. All this shit with value. I mean, I wrote a newsletter about that early last year when the web three meme was really blowing up. It's like these people have a completely wrong blockchains don't really make sense for any of this. What you're going to do is just combine a bunch of open source technologies and using podcasting 2.0 as the proxy, like RSS and Bitcoin over lightning. Boom, combine them. That's web three, direct peer-to-peer -peer monetization of podcasts. Wavelake, boom, distribute music over RSS feed. Combine that with the lightning network. Boom, peer-to-peer -peer music monetization. Noster, let's spin up a bunch of relays that communicate via WebSocket, and then you can inject Bitcoin into that. Boom. You have uh, distributed, <laughs> uh, you have distributed communications technology with that, a bunch of crazy clients, UI, different, very unique experiences can be built to top of. You don't need an A16Z backed uh, token to do any of this. Right. We're, we're building a real foundation here. That's the, that's the difference, you know, just over everyone's had a different journey with this, but some have been similar, you know, where you've gone through like these different phases throughout the, the technology, however long you've been a Bitcoin or however long you've been paying attention. I've been paying attention for a while. And that's, I think that's what really ends up getting the, the Bitcoin person in the right place is, you know, you, there's so many distracting things over the course of that journey that you're taking. But there's one true consistent thing. It's like, oh, I see when all at, at the end of the, the cycle or at the end of the day and all these things collapse, like what's still here, like this foundation is still here. And the foundation is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger for every one of these cycles. So it's it's impossible after a certain amount of time to not see that. And I think that's that's why this is happening. You know, it's like why we're seeing the Lightning Network from the the first uh casa node that i set up down here in my basement in 2018 or whenever it was i can't remember whenever those came out so what's happening now you know like early 2020 or late 2020 early 21 seeing like what was happening with umbral and you're just getting like 
you can't you couldn't even get a Raspberry Pi because everyone was just like flocking to Amazon to to buy everything to, to buy out all the supply to build nodes and you're just like the exponential growth of the Lightning Network that whole time period of all the businesses I mean we all know we've all seen the just the sheer amount of like incredible businesses that have popped up in the last five years, um, especially lightning businesses has just been absolutely incredible. So just building a, a very strong foundation. This is not a house of cards. This is something that's like going to work and uh, it's very, very exciting. Yeah. No. And I think wave Lake particularly is very exciting. Cause again, going back to music, massive market massive emotional connection for people. Like I think if you guys are successful in sort of tipping over the domino of artists, really getting hooked into this model, it could be massive for adoption and just awareness of Bitcoin. For sure. Yeah. There's, I'm, I'm happy to have this thing out out there because there are, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, but there's just so much potential with all of this. It's hard to know where to start, you know, but you have to start. So now we've at least done that part. We've, we've gone, gotten over the hurdle of like just getting a product out there and now we can just get it to work. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping to see, I mean, it, it's weird because in a lot of, in a lot of, um, most companies wouldn't want to see a lot of competition pop up. They'd want to control that. But like, we really want to see this grow. We're hoping that we're just, the, just the beginning of what we see happen with music and lightning and, uh, RSS and the, just all these in Noster and all these things. Like, I hope there's just like a flourishing community of these things start that start pop up in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And then particularly for you guys, um, in terms of like artist adoption and syndicating, uh, their, their work via wave Lake and wave Lake index. What, like we've talked about this in the past too, where particularly for artists who are, either miffed at the streaming services or their labels. I mean, we've talked in the past about Taylor Swift and the Scooter Braun blow up and there's been this trend of some artists uh, going back and actually re-recording uh, some of their past albums, Taylor Swift being one of them, and then putting them out yeah. independently so they can reap the reward of that album. The label doesn't get everything. Um, I could see that, like, that would be an interesting sort of Trojan horse to get people in the wave lake is like find all the artists that are pissed off at their labels or the streaming services and just get them to re-record and post it on, on wave lake. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's in the air with everybody. It's in the air from, you know, people, I mean, it's why Bandcamp worked so well for a lot of years it still continues to be a successful platform for small artists because they just want to opt out of that system because they can if there's a better system for them and a better community for them somewhere like that um, and then you're yeah you're seeing and these bigger artists that have just had it i mean i keep referencing this tlc video that i saw it was like lisa left i lopez talking about how they sold 10 million records or something and each of them walked with like $300,000 at the end of the day. And they were basically broke after they, you know, bought a house. And it's like that, that should not be happening. And that's only gotten worse actually, because the, you can't sell 10 million records anymore. So it's even, it's even worse. Like there's not even the same amount of money out there to, to be uh, cut out of. So, yeah, I mean, I think 
like I was saying before, it's going to be tough to get, to get, um, artists moved over, but it's just going to take a couple key people to do it. But I, I, even, even I was talking to one sort of notable, semi-notable person, uh, the other day. And I was just like, who I know is interested in Bitcoin and is a musician. And I just, it's one of those examples where I just thought they would be like, yeah, this is rad. I'll do it right now. You know? Um, but that skepticism is there. And I think, uh, without use cases, it's just going to be tough to pull those people over, but I think we'll get those pretty soon. Yeah. And then yeah. some of the, you're going to say something, Michael. Oh no. I agree. I was, well, I was going to say like, like you were saying, you're still learning how to spit up properly, but I imagine for the artist too, obviously distribution is a big thing. So you guys need people to build popular players on top of the index, yeah. like apps that people can for download. Sure. That's, that's to. a major, that's going to be a major milestone to actually have yeah. more things out there. Yeah. I mean, we, I think that's the disadvantage we're at right now is that um, like all the ears are on these major streaming platforms. Um, and I think the best way to, um, yeah, the best way to kind of fight against that is not only for us to create a player, but for like anyone who's interested in this to create music players on top of this content um, and other people to also create distribution services like ours that are interoperable with our player and our content is interoperable with their player. Um, then it's, then it's truly, it truly becomes a upload once distribute everywhere situation. Um, and in that kind of environment, if you're an artist and you essentially can attach a universally payable lightning address to every single song that you put out, um, by just uploading it once to these distribution services like ours, why would you go and, you know, try and piecemeal uh, upload tracks to each individual streaming service, either yourself or through some company that does it for you? Um, you know, you'd have, you, you can have massive exposure this way um, as long as the the players are out there and the audiences are, are going to them. Yeah. Interoperability. I think it's going to be a big trend as we head toward 2030. What you guys need is a rapper to drop Wave Lake in a song, and then, and then you have overnight success. It, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It's going to happen. I mean, that's how Cash App went viral. He like yeah. started in the inner cities and got, and they didn't like go to rappers and say, "Drop us in your songs." It just started naturally happening. I could see a phenomena like that happening uh, in this area too. I dropped my track. We're already wave, seeing like, like some small community things happen. And that's going to be really fun when we just start being able to foster these just all different types, types of communities within music. Um, it's going to be really, really cool to see. Yeah. How have the, um, like the B2B conversation has been going? Like you mentioned publishers, they're a big aspect of this, like license dealers and stuff like that. Like you said, it could potentially make them more money as well. Have you really convinced any of the players in that part of the industry to, to seriously consider this? No, I think we're like a little hesitant to even try to show wave Lake too hard yet. Like, I just want to see some more, I love the slow game. So I just want to see like a few more things in place before we really start, um, 
working that angle. Um, but I think we will. I mean, like, you know, I, I know a few smaller labels that I think would be interested at least in the conversation. And that that's something that we'll be approaching soon. But yeah, I mean, before the end of the year, it's, we have a goal to have a thousand artists on the platform. I don't know if it'll happen, but it's a little lofty, but you never know. I mean, I think we have like 50 now so, <laughs> after the first week. So it's a good start. Um, but if we could get a record label on board, that would help that growth uh, pretty substantially. So I think, I think it'd be cool. I, I think we just have to, uh, yeah, we, we need to work on the education piece. It's that's a really, that's the missing piece here for us just because we've been so busy with the, the design uh, Michael's been so busy with just building everything. I mean, the dude is like an absolute machine. It's super impressive. Um, but now that the dust has settled a little bit, we can get a couple more of these features in and then start attacking the education piece. And once we have good education in place, then I think that's when we'll be, you know, talking more openly to random bands and um, publishers and record labels. Yeah. And then you'll undoubtedly get the Bitcoiners to just annoy their favorite artists, like put it on wave, like, I'd like to support you directly. There you go. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. The the street teamers. <laughs> That's what I actually. You guys will have at least fifty one by the end I mean, of this, this day. I'm gonna go to my buddy who just released an album. Tell him to put it up there, and he definitely will. Oh, awesome, Rad. Thank you. Yeah, there, there's a, there's been. A, I mean, I've been surprised at like the crossover between Bitcoin people and musicians like there's definitely i was surprised at how big uh that demographic was just in the last week there's just a ton of musicians who are also bitcoiners and are just like interested in a tool like this and just the bitcoin genre i mean there's that's almost like becoming a genre in itself just songs yeah. about bitcoin it's just, so i think we have like the entire bitcoin genre catalog up there now at this point which is pretty I had no idea. I knew there were a few, but it's like, dang, man, there's a ton of these. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not sure if Sean Lennon's an artist. Obviously, his dad was, but he's a massive Bitcoiner as well. Sean Lennon's a killer artist. Yeah, he's got some He's got some great music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's low-hanging fruit. He's, Sean, I'm sorry if you're listening. I know he's listened to the podcast before. Um, I have not found your music yet, but yeah, put it on Wavelake and I'll be listening to it. We would yeah, love to that have Sean be, Lennon. That would be that'd be incredible. Yeah. Big big fan of Sean Lennon. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to his records, go listen to to Dead Meat. It's a really good, really good album. Hell yeah. Where else does this go? What are, what are your biggest hopes for for Wave Lake? Why I mean, obviously we've talked about the problems in the music industry, but how do you see this changing and does it incentivize better better music? Does it incentivize more touring? Does it incentivize more interactions with with the end I'll, user? I'll just go really quickly, and then I'll let Michael jump in because I'm I'm just like yeah, I'm talking way too much today. But uh, yeah, I think just having a low pressure experience for the artist to be able to monetize without the need to think that I have to, you know, if, if you have a Patreon or something like that the content that you have to generate to keep up with that commitment for your subscribers can be a huge burden. Um, the, the, the burden of having to go out and tour 
or having to front a bunch of money for super unique merchandise items or things like that. It's a lot. It's a lot. All that stuff's a lot to bear when you're an artist and you just want to like go make some music and do what you love. So I just hope to eliminate a lot of that pressure and for people to just be able to comfortably make music. And in return, um, I want to have a very seamless experience that can be really engaging with the artist and the fan because that's in my experience as a musician i've had um i've always attempted to put that as a priority that that fan connection and it works really well i've seen firsthand like how well that can work so i want to be able to achieve what you might be able to achieve through a concert or you know signing stuff at the end of the night at a merch table things like that that are super important to have that fan engagement and that um and create that special situation for a fan want to be able to replicate that in some way through wave Lake. Yeah. For me, I mean, one of the reasons that I started wave Lake was selfishly because I just wanted to find cool new music that I like wouldn't find through the major streaming platforms. I, um, I just, yeah, I think I was just kind of, I wasn't really happy with the recommendations and the playlist they were making for me. And I just felt like I could just tell it was made by a computer, like the, the playlist that I was being recommended. It just felt like, you know, oh, you're just you're just identifying the traits of the songs that I listen to a lot. And you're just matching it in some algorithm and then sending me more of that stuff. It's not like you're thinking about, hey, if you like this, here's something like completely off that track that you might like too. It's like a friend saying, you know, just recommending some random band or artist to you. Like that's, that's what I was sort of missing. Um, and so I don't know, I just hope, I hope we're able to foster kind of a new era of better music recommendations um, powered by sats, you know, like using sats as that value signal, that true value signal for, um, music that people really love and enjoy and want to promote and support. Um, like I, I would love to see that really grow and flourish. Um, and yeah, just if, you know, if people around the world are more easily able to discover music they love and, um, like we're, I've, I've been hearing stuff the last week that like, I never would have come across, um, on a streaming platform. And that's just been every morning. I just check like who's uploaded stuff. I'm going to listen to that. Um, and there's a lot of great music that people are uploading that, you know, it, it's, it's just awesome to experience. And so I just hope that continues and like that more and more people can have that same experience. Yeah. And I, th I thought about this on the written content side of thing. So like what we're doing at TFTC with our BTC pay server ghost integration, we're adding more payments too. But like, I think we can compete with Substack on the creation model and you can create these really unique social graphs based off of sats flows. Um, we can do like sats flows per listen. Like there's like, we, like you can get like very strong signals. Like, yes, somebody may upload it. It may only get um, 10 views, but if that those 10 views produce hundred thousand sats like oh this may be a good song you want to do is you can use that signal to like populate like some curation and then on top of that if you do uh, let's say you like integrate Noster pub keys as an identification tool then you begin to create these social graphs of 
different songs that people uh, with those pub keys are, are liking. And then you can have like a trusted circle. Like I want to know whatever they're liking and um, how much they're boosting to see how much they like. There's a, you can, there's so many creative things that you can pull out of this from a curation perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's another fun thing too, that we're hoping to do is incentivize bands to share music. Um, you know, it's like if you, if I discover a really cool song and I want to like put it out, if I was say, say I shared a Noster, that'd be really cool to be able and, and people, I mean, I think similar to what you were could do at one point on Sphinx. I'm not, I've, I've had a little bit of trouble with Sphinx lately, unfortunately. So I, I haven't been able to use it as much as I, as I did when I first heard about it, but I know at one point in time on Sphinx, you could share like a clip and if somebody listened to it or boosted from that clip, you would get a percentage of the, the, the boost to happen. We want to do things like that too. You know, like if you're, just have a whole army of, of kids out there like sharing cool songs and like um, making sats back from that too. Like that's going to be really to just incentivize that circular situation for, for everybody I think is going to be a huge part of it as well. Yeah. You can like mechanical Turk, like rap genius or something <laughs> like that for like lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody's like describing what the lyrics are and like other users can tip them for, for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Michael, in terms of the technical aspects of this, um, what are some of the hurdles that you're experiencing building on lightning? What are, what are you looking forward to in terms of things that, that may be coming to the lightning network that would, that would make your, your product easier to use or, or just simply better? Yeah. I think the big one that, um, Sam and I talk about a lot, I think about a lot is, um, custody. So, you know, and, and I think the, the kind of the precursor to that is just user key management. Um, you know, until, until people are familiar with and comfortable with managing their own private keys, um, it's going to be really difficult to get to a situation where, um, you know, people can custody their own lightning wallets. And so, um, yeah, that's that's just. I, I think that's the biggest. Um, yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges I think in the in the broader lightning space right now is the custo the custodial question. Um, I think for now it's. I, I think custody is a good enough trade off. I think the trade off is worth it in order to, um, you know, onboard more people, get them comfortable with how lightning works. Um, but I think in the longer term, I think you know, some, some better solutions need to, and better UX, um, uh, you know, we just need better UX and solutions for key management and self-custody and all that. So, uh, you know, we're, I would say that's like the, the, one of the things that are priority for us is just like always being on top of sort of what products are coming out, what innovations are coming out in the space. Um, I think Noster is like a really good example, speaking of it again, um, of like another way that people are learning about private key management. Um, and so hopefully that helps push that, that, you know, that envelope forward a little bit. And then, you know, with that, if we can have um, more self custody and just more sort of responsibility over uh, funds, I think that would be, that would be great to have. Yeah, completely agree. But also agree that UX is getting better and 
I think over the last three years, particularly like all the wallets that have come to market, um, have certainly made it a better experience, but agree. It's got a far ways to go before it's ready for Joe Schmo in the corner. Just wants to listen to a, a track being able to custody their Bitcoin. Yeah. I say that in the newsletter last night it was like Bitcoin custody is not that hard. You just download an app and hit receive. But there's <laughs> more. We just got to get people comfortable with private public key. Just the whole concept. It's not yeah. that hard. You write down some words, keep them safe. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. That scares people. I think that, I think, it, you know, I would imagine kid like teenagers growing up today, like they're going to be very familiar with it. Like it won't be as big a deal for them as it is for us older folks that, you know, had to learn this along the way. I think like for, for people, for, for like key private key natives, it'll be, you know, it'll be second nature. Yeah. I agree. It was actually stoked an interesting thought in my mind. Like, I wonder if it'll be similar for wave lake where just younger artists are like, no, this makes more sense to me. I'm going to publish here. Yeah. I hope so. I think so. Yeah, I think that that will be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. Congrats on the launch. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited. Um, Absolutely. Could not could not be more thrilled with with uh, the way this last this last week has gone. Just yeah, like Michael said, such cool music. I, I've discovered so many just same as him, like music that an algorithm would never feed me in a million years i have now listened to and have and have boosted and i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying uh all the new music that's coming on so i encourage people if you uh if you if you make music you're listening whatever it is that's the cool thing about it too it's like there's no pressure like you're are you working on some beat that like for the last three years that you've been scared to release on spotify or don't know how to it takes like 30 seconds to upload it on wavelength and you can get some stats. It's really fun. It's fun to just try it out. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can we can get even just like a whole group of people using this thing that normally wouldn't even be releasing music because they just would feel too much pressure, or like it's a big deal. And it's this this isn't. It's just fun. Like we're just trying to build like a really new, fun, exciting music library. And uh, I think uh, yeah, I think people are eager to hear new things. So I encourage everybody to get out there and use it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and if it helps at all, we have a pretty rabid fan base, like a listener base that's just hungry for new music and they're hungry to support it. So, um, yeah, hope, hopefully that encourages people to share their stuff. Yeah. This is uh yeah, I've been seeing some users do some heavy boosts and it's like, yeah. like, Oh man, I gotta like up my boost game. Like I'm not boosting <laughs> enough here. I gotta, I gotta keep up with these. Yeah. Are you a weak booster, Sam? It's not a good look. I was a weak booster. I'm not anymore. I'm a strong booster now. That's, but that's, I mean, I don't know. It's cool. I think, I think that's going to happen for a lot of people. They're yeah. going to see if you're, if you, that's why when we raise the limit, I think this is going to be kind of cool because we're sort of setting a new standard where like when we were testing Wave Lake, I think we just got in the habit of like we were doing like 10 sats or something because we were just testing random shit back and forth for, for months. And so then when the thing launched, I just had our presets set low. And then I realized like, oh yeah, we should definitely be, be sending more. But I think it, the more, um, you know, if, if you go and you see that like this new standard 
if you're looking down the list in these comments and you're seeing booths that are like 10,000, 20,000, that might encourage you to do the same. And so that just creates even more value. So as the, as the standard, as the bar gets raised, I think the more value we're going to have for bands. Yeah. There's, I also, there's also like this, I feel like there's a competitive nature among fans too, where they see that like other tracks are getting boosted to the top of the chart. And so they're like, well, I want this yeah. chart. I want this track to go up. And so they'll boost it sort of the same amount or a little bit more just to, just to uh, get it up there. Well, yeah. yeah. Like your daughter, didn't your daughter the other day say that she, she didn't like the song that was at number one. She wanted the song that was like further down the list to be number one. And just like, cool. Just boost it up there. Like easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, we certainly experienced this on, on the podcasting side, like RHR particularly. Um, since we read the top four boost of each week on the show, like we've seen week over week, like the top boost has has gotten larger in sat size because uh, freaks are like competing to get uh, the, into the top four. So we read it on air. Yeah, nice. It, it's the attention. It's it's the engagement. It's wanting to feel connected, you know, to something that you really love. It's just all those things. That's the that's the true basis of value for value like that's it in a nutshell like you want to uh, i, I want to give you value you want to give me value and that exchange just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger yeah it's uh it's a beautiful thing it's a fun thing to be a part of do you guys ever pinch yourselves like oh i feel like i'm on the cutting edge <laughs> oh yeah it's no it's it's so it's ridiculous it's re totally ridiculous <laughs> i can't believe that i even had any part of this at all <laughs> What about you, Michael? Does yes. it feel for you? No, yeah, it's it's crazy. No, it's it's totally. I mean, being on your show right now is like surreal. You know, <laughs> with the with the I see the logo and the banner around here. It's, um, but yeah, it, it's it's been a like it's been an amazing I don't know year and a half since you know trying to like just attempt something like this. Um, and it's the, the weirdest thing is. I had an interaction with Sam on Sphinx before we ever like knew who the other person was before I like, I barely knew what value for value was or, you know, how lightning worked. And one of the first things I ever did on Sphinx was like, look for music. I happened to find lightning store music, um, which was like the only thing I could find. And I think I accidentally boosted like a thousand sats or something. I just had no idea what I was doing. Hey, yeah, no problem. Um, and then, and now here we are. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been an amazing trip and yeah, I'm so excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Well, that's probably something we should have touched on in the beginning of the episode is, uh, like Sam, like you're, like recognizing that Sphinx you saw for podcasts and you're like, I want to put music on here and it's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is just proof of like perseverance works out there, kids. Uh, you want to see something happen. I've been screaming on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I think my, the lightning store, I think today actually is two years. I just got like a notification on there that I, I, I have my Twitter birthday or whatever. Um, so yeah, over the course of two years, I, I think I heard Paul on here. It was like one of the most inspiring things I had heard ever. I sent it to a ton of people. I was like, this is going to, this is like going to change the world. Like this is, this is crazy. Like everybody go listen to this, like listen to the possibility of the potential there. Um, 
yeah, I immediately figured out how to create uh, an RSS feed on podcast 2.0, got my music, created this like lightning music store. And then from there it was just like, this needs to happen. Let's do this. Like how I, I don't know how to build anything. I'm an idiot, but like somebody do this, somebody figure out how to like make this work for music. Cause this is incredible technology that no one is taking advantage of. Uh, no one's taking advantage of this yet. So yeah, it's, it's, we say it's kind of serendipitous. Like he, you know, he stumbles, he's thinking the same thing probably after listening to, to the exact same interview, um, stumbles upon this in his quest. Like just, I just happened to have been there and now we own a business together that <laughs> was doing exactly what we were searching for two years ago. So it's really, it's, we've, we've said it's serendipitous a lot. I mean, even the first time we met, it's just kind of hilarious. Like he, I think he thought I was <laughs> keen on from Stacker news. Like we yeah. had some panel just we were watching like. and he's like, Oh yeah. I, I think maybe I had a little bit more of a beard at that point or something, but, uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, these things, it's important. I know, you know, in, in the grand scheme of where this is going to go, we're playing an incredibly small part, but just to be able to, be a part of it at all is absolutely um it's an honor you know really truly and i'm just excited to i've i've been trying to find a place in this world for a long time and, and i'm so happy to have finally found a spot to be able to do something that's going to help yeah no i mean i mean number one i'm very happy that the paul toy episode inspired you guys it's weird to think that that interview yeah. potentially led us uh, here. No, um, big time. It's crazy yeah. to think. But then number two, yeah, I think particularly in Bitcoin, like scratching your own itch is like the best way to get to like success in the industry. Like for me, it was, I had a bunch of family members and friends who were like trying to learn about Bitcoin. I had no resource to point them to. I was like, all right, I'll start fucking writing about it for you. And that's what dovetailed into this. <laughs> And then for you guys, like, I want to see music on like a podcasting 2.0, like system. And then, all right, nobody's building it. I'm going to scratch my own edge to go build it. Like, I think that your story particularly highlights the nations of this industry. Like if you want something, it may seem daunting, but you can go fucking build it. Like if not you, then who? Yeah. And even if you exactly. don't know how, I mean, I have... I have no idea how to build anything, but just like the the sheer motivation of just wanting to see it happen has led to this, you know? So it's just the drive. You have to, I think that's the coolest part about a part about this and why we've seen so many incredible Bitcoin companies start because it, it is so overwhelming and there are so many things to do. But if you as an individual take what you're passionate about and what you're, you know, like your part, like what's my role? What's my role here? Like I'm signed up. Where do I, you know, what do you need? Um, like in any situation, everybody has their, has the things that they're, they're really good at. So it, this is one of these incredibly rare experiences in, in the, the scope of time of all time where we're able to potentially change the way kind of everything works. So everyone is going to eventually be able to play a role here and use their abilities to everyone's advantage, you know, so whether it's music or, uh, journalism or, or broadcasting or banking or whatever. I mean, this is all, everything is going to shift into a, a, what it's going to be a better situation for earth. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. 
really is. I'm pumped to be on this journey with you guys. That's the best part about doing this show. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Everybody's just so jacked up about what they're doing. <laughs> so so jacked up. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm jazzed again. That's my favorite thing to say. I'm jazzed. so jazzed. <laughs> as long as you're not doing. I'm trying jazz to bring fans. that back. No, no jazz hands. I'm just trying to bring back that term jazzed. It's it's pretty. Uh, it's a good one. Jazz to the old, tits. Old timey terms are are, are going to come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Where can people find more about Wavelake? Wavelake.com. And uh, yeah, at Wavelake on Twitter, Instagram, I guess. There's not much there. <laughs> but, uh, and, it, and it's anyway, Wave. Wavelake. Uh, wave like a wave file. Not yeah, like oh, that, that, wave. that's a good thing. Yeah, Wave. Yeah, so a couple people have referred to it as Wavelake. Um, I'm here to... to uh, let everyone know it's wave lake wave is a music file w-a-v so that's w-a-v-l-a-k-e.com yeah go check it out if you want to listen to more music new music you want to support artists it's the best way to do it if you're an artist looking to engage in a new monetization model this is the best way to do it like what uh what should we leave the freaks with words of wisdom i know we just wax poetic for a bit but i'm sure we can get a little bit more out But give us some closing words here, Michael. You, I, I don't know. I, I think um, I'm, I, I don't have any fancy words to say here. But it's been awesome to be on this show, Marty. I'll just say that. And I think, you know, what we've been saying about people being able to like get involved and build whatever they want. Um, it's totally true. Like if you if you see a need for something, if you want to get involved in some way, um, yeah, like people are really encouraging, supportive. Um, so yeah, definitely would uh, say if you're even remotely thinking about doing a little something in the space, go out and do it. Yeah, and I'll just I'll reiterate it's something I said on Twitter the other day, but it's it's. It's so true. I mean, it's like, don't be afraid to ask stupid questions on this journey because this is so new for everybody. Even people that know what, what's going on, you know, or think they do still have a lot of questions because there's just so much to uncover still. So I would say, yeah, if you're interested in especially Lightning, Noster right now, as we've talked a lot about today, like go check it out. It's super fun. And if you're confused or, or intimidated by it, um, ask questions. Everybody is here to help some great advice there are no stupid questions uh, especially in this space yeah exactly you'll you'll find that even some of the smartest people in the space don't have answers to the questions um, yep that's what makes it interesting there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to learn there's a lot <laughs> going on out there yeah well gentlemen i'm gonna go recruit your next artist uh to the wave lake platform thank you so much Marty. this has been a blast and an absolute honor really appreciate it well yeah thank uh, you the pleasure was all mine. Again, like I said, this is, uh, I get to talk to people that are jazzed up about what they're doing and building really cool stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's catching. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> all right. Go enjoy awesome. the rest of your Friday. Uh, and we'll wrap up. Peace and love, freaks. Okay. <laughs>